Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back, friends, to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Dickerson, and today I'm thrilled to introduce you to Susie and Michael. Susie and Michael, how are you today? Doing great. Thank you so much, Annie. I'm really excited about this podcast. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. We're excited to be here. Uh, Yes. Well, we're thrilled (laughs) to have you. I know you have a ton of insights to share with our listeners today. So start by sharing, you know, what, what you do and how you got into the real estate syndication space in the first place. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you so much for asking. So Michael, (laughs) we start with Michael. Sorry. There was like a little hype there. (laughs) So Michael, well, I guess to even start off, so Michael and I actually live in Cambridge, England right now. So Michael's getting his PhD at the University of Cambridge, and that's what brought us over here. And I'm currently a program manager for a biotech company, but in four days, I'm leaving to go into full-time real estate. Yeah. (laughs) Exciting. Okay. So you got to tell our listeners about that journey because I know there's so many listening who are trying to do both, right? They're, they're working a W2 job and they're doing the syndication stuff on the side. So how did you get to this point where you're just a few days out and you're about to leave the W2 world? And then how does that feel? Is it scary? Is it exciting? Uh, tell us a little bit more about that journey. Yeah, no, I'd love to actually. So how we did it was that we worked way too many hours <laughs> and we, I mean, that's what it was like working the W2 and doing real estate because so for us being over here, there's the component of having to do everything virtually. And mm. because we did not know how long like virtual would last. Now we know it will be around, but like at the beginning, we had no idea Like it was a constant, like, okay, we're waking up at four 30 or five and we're working until eight. And then after work, you know, at five or six, we're working again. And we did that cycle over and over and over, but because of that momentum, like that's how it got me to be able to leave because we easily like replaced my income, but then we figured out like, Oh, okay. So now that we're out of lockdowns, because over here we had three. Now that like we're getting out of those, we want to be able to have like nights and weekends and mornings back to breathe, you know? And so (laughs) the two of those combined, it was like a bit of a tipping point, but then actually getting to that tipping point by all of that consistency. And Mm -hmm. 
it was, uh, I was nervous at the beginning. So like for my program management job, I was, I have worked from home the entire time. So now that things are opening up, there was that possibility of like going into the office and being able to like see people and like see, like have work friends where I could laugh with them in real life. Right. I was like, okay, well, (laughs) like I'm going to lose that again, just because like, I, I really do like humans and I really do like laughing. (laughs) And so like, I just wanted that component, but it was just like working through that, like, Cause through real estate investing, right? Like you actually really do make really deep connections. And I just have to remember that although they're virtual, like they are still real and they're still very, very meaningful. So that was just the big thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I gotta ask, um, what is it like looking, looking down the line and knowing that you're going to quit your job and be working together with your spouse how has that been on this journey? And um, what's, are you guys looking forward to that? Are you nervous about that? What are your plans um, to make sure that this is a smooth partnership? Yeah, that's a great question. So the, you know, when we were locked down together, actually, yeah, you know, it actually brought us a lot closer. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's a good sign. That's a great <laughs> sign. And we were like spending all this time together and actually, you know, during lockdown is like kind of where our whole journey began with the real estate. And like, we don't, we choose not to have a TV because of the distractions that it causes. And so, um, at least for us. And so during that time we decided to just read. And so we actually had like a mini book, book club and like, we came even closer because of that. Cause we read a book and then we discuss it, read a book and to discuss it just with ourselves. Right. And so, um, we really got to know each other on a deeper intimate level. And then when I had to go back into the office, it was a very sad day. It was day. very sad. Yeah, I I cried. Like, yeah. <laughs> because we had to be separated, right? It's so like our ultimate goal, like, is to be able to, so I can retire. I only have like seven years left in the military and then I can retire. And so looking forward to that. She's already there. And now <laughs> we're we're looking forward to, you know, having that extra time back in the evening where we actually spend more time together, like doing stuff other than the business. But to really answer your question, Annie, it was just like from the very beginning, Susie and I knew that we could not do the same tasks together, right? Because we knew that if we did, we'd be butting heads. And so what we decided was that, okay, I would focus on the acquisition side of things, underwriting, broker relations, um, and then those types of uh, anything dealing with acquisitions. And Susie was going to focus on the investor relations, the marketing whole aspect of it. So like we had completely different swim lanes and then we can just swim and go like gangbusters, right? (laughs) So and we would yeah. never like we would never like butt heads or anything like that because we all had our own like swim lanes. And so I think that was a, a huge key for us uh from mm-hmm. the very beginning that helped us. And we yeah, there's not a lot of overlap and we we know we respect each other's swim lanes and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. Susie knows how to underwrite, Susie knows how to she's actually built quite a few broker relationships as well. But I and I also enjoy marketing. I, I also enjoy like email campaigns and things like that and like putting together all our cool little um uh, diagrams and things. Like that. I love that thing. I love that too. Yeah. But you know, we know where our swim lanes are, and we don't butt heads because of that. And I think that's cute. Yeah, key. 
Oh, that's such sage advice for anybody out there who's, because I, I talk to a lot of people who are looking for that partner, right? They're not so as lucky as you guys are to um, have found each other and to be so complimentary. Um, and they don't know what to look for. And I say, well, first you got to know what you're good at and yeah. what you love to do. And in that way you can know what you're looking for. And it sounds like you guys are like puzzle pieces. You fit together really well. And I love that that you stay in your lane and you each have your area of expertise. So you don't step on each other's toes, but that together you're moving in the same direction and moving the business forward. So speaking exactly. of which, so um, what is your vision for your business? What, what did you get into this for? And what would you ultimately like to accomplish through this business? So at the very beginning, like as Michael kind of mentioned, like, so we, like, we know what our like seven year plan looks like. And that is to be able to like retire Michael from the military. Cause like with that time together, we just knew that, yes, like the commitment that he has right now, he's going to fulfill. Like, we don't want to go like one day beyond that, because at that point we don't have to, you know? So like, we're going to put in that effort till then, but like our long-term vision is actually to be able to do this, like from anywhere in the world. So we want to be able to go and like immerse ourselves and like truly live in like different countries and get to know the people, you know, and the diverse diversity and the culture. And like, because Michael was a professor and will be a professor. And because I've been a mentor and a coach, like we had thought, how are we going to continue to like be in the education space, but outside of a traditional classroom? So what we hope to achieve and it can change. And it's like, it's like a river, you know, it'll flow wherever it needs to. Mm -hmm. But if we can build schools in communities that need it the most, where they will actually like where it will thrive is what we'd like to do just because like we already have so much. And so like just helping people who can even just get access to basic education is huge because it changes the whole entire, you know, like economy in that little area. And that's something we'd like to do long-term. So, I mean, mm -hmm. the vision is really like to just serve others, like beyond our four walls. Yes. Oh my goodness. You are speaking my language for sure. <laughs> traveling the world and immersing yourself in different cultures. Yes. You know, my business partner, Julie and I, we're always traveling. In fact, she's on a big epic um, year long trip with her family right now. Oh, and wow. Yeah. And we often go on extended road trips um, with our family. And so we love that. We're absolutely about that. Running your business from the road, anywhere you have a, a good Wi-Fi connection, <laughs> then yeah. you can run your business. And that's the dream, right? And then on the other side of that, impacting those yeah. local communities and building schools. I think that's a fantastic vision and a great way to, to pay it forward, like you were talking about. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, because it like, sorry, I was just gonna say like, yeah. There's just so much more out there that we don't even know about, you know, when it comes to the world and it comes to different cultures and everything. And like the more that we have seen, like just the more we fall in love with like wanting to see more it's endless and it blows, 
it just blows my mind. <laughs> really, you know, like every time we go somewhere, I'm like, how is this a place that like so many people don't know about? Like, and there, mm-hmm. you know, there's just it's just phenomenal. Yeah, those hidden gems, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> Well, speaking of the traveling, I got to ask you because a lot of people have this question around, you know, like for, for me, for example, right. I live in the Bay area, but we don't invest in the Bay area because for, for many reasons, but (laughs) um, so we invest in Texas and the Southeast Carolinas. Um, And so a lot of people ask, you know, how do how do you, build broker relationships and find opportunities in those markets when you're not there. And so for us, you know, it's, you know, it's fairly simple. I mean, even, you know, we can hop on a plane if we need to, Um, we can always call brokers and try to get in front of them that way. Or sometimes we have local boots on the ground in those markets. Um, but for you guys, you're a little bit farther away. There's an ocean between you and some of the markets you're investing in, I'm sure. So um, tell us a little bit more about that. How are you able to get in front of brokers and build those relationships from afar? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, you know, when we started building relationships with brokers, that was during like the height of COVID um, and everything kind of went virtual, right? So like it was no longer... Hey, you have to take a broker out for dinner or lunch or coffee or whatever. You know, we can, hey, you want to hop on Zoom? Yeah. And they're like, everybody, Zoom was so ubiquitous like so quickly, right? And so, like, everybody knew what Zoom was. And so, yeah, we were able to hop on Zoom and build those relationships during that time. And now it's just about nurturing those relationships. So, we, we saw a window of opportunity. And we like seize that opportunity, right? Um, for somebody who, you know, a listener out there who's, who might be, you know, in a similar situation as us, you know, investing investing from afar, uh, whether that's you know if they're still stateside or if they're overseas, um, maybe you know I've heard some ideas of of, of buying uh, a, a coffee gift card to like a coffee shop that's like, near yeah. that's near where the broker works or lives, right? Um, and be like, hey, here's a, you know, send them via email, the gift card or whatever. Here, I'll buy you coffee or whatever. Maybe that will get them to get on the phone with you, right? Um, another thing that has helped us a lot um, w- when we were first getting started was we built like a uh, a cover letter. And in that cover letter, it, it we didn't have real estate experience at the time, but we leveraged all the experience we had through business and like whatever, you know, things we've done in a business that were par- that ran parallel parallel to multifamily investing or real estate investing in general, such as like project management um, or leading a team and things like that. Like any of that, you can draw parallels between the two, your job and multifamily investing or just real estate investing. And then putting that together in like a little short biography or a cover letter, and then explaining everybody else on your team, right? So Susie and I, and then making sure that you have like all your vendors and, you know, so like insurance lenders, property management company, um, all of those vendors that you need to close on a property have all those sorted out beforehand. Because if you send all of that, you say, here's my team in a cover letter to a broker, that broker, it might not get them to respond to you via email, but at least it gets your foot in the door. So when you yeah. do give them a call, they're like, okay, this person is serious. Like they've done all the legwork they've done. They've got all the vendors together and everything like that. Um, and then that will hopefully help you build a relationship with them from that point forward. That's so smart. And, 
You know, I think building that one pager to to really show them that you're serious, that you're not just dabbling here, but you have it all together. You've given this some serious thought and you have skills that benefit um, this, this syndication venture that you're going into and that you really, you're committed. Um, I think that's a really great tip and a really great way to stand out because I'm sure most brokers, the emails that they get are just, hey, do you have any deals? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, so it's a great way um, for you to stand out. I love that. That's a great tip. And Susie, I'd love to pick your brain on the um, on the flip side of that, the investor relations side. I know there's more and more businesses out there these days um, that are getting into the syndication space and getting into you know raising private capital from investors. So how are you able to, um, whether through marketing or advertising or building the brand, how are you able to find investors? Uh, for your business? Yeah, that's a great question. So at the beginning, right, it all just goes back to COVID. <laughs> but like when, because <laughs> like all the meetups went virtual and all the conferences yeah. went virtual. And so that was like the height for me. So that's, I guess that's why it always comes back to that. But like at conferences and meetups, I would screenshot. So like, because our investors were not friends and family. So they were all going to be people that we had to meet. So like I would screenshot the screen on zoom and then I'd reach out to everybody on LinkedIn and say like, Hey, like we were at this conference together. Like what was the one thing that really stood out to you? And like from there, like gained or like started the conversation to see like where they eventually were in their real estate investing journey. Cause like that question would come along eventually, but it was really like just starting off getting to know them. And then, you know, like the people who like wanted to continue to have conversations, if that went well, sometimes I would, we would get referrals and we would just have those conversations with those people. But it was always asking, why do you want to invest in real estate? Because when people tell their own story, they convince themselves like at the end, I don't need to talk about numbers I don't need to like talk about why we really love Tulsa, you know, because at that point they like, if they've opened up to you enough where they can tell you some of those like secrets, cause sometimes they're really deep, then like, you just have to continue to nurture that. But if you're not there yet, which is totally fine because that's a pretty deep step. Like one thing I truly recommend is like creating content because once you talk to the individual once or twice, like if you don't have a deal then for six more months, how is that person going to know that you are actually still in real estate investing? So whether that is through a blog or whether that is like, if you decide you want to do a podcast or YouTube videos, it's totally up to you. Like just whatever fits the best. But the thing is, is that like, even the first time I wrote my first blog, it was, it was horrible. Uh, I was so nervous and I probably read it a thousand times, but like just know that like with each blog post or video, like that's the practice that you need in order to get better. So it's, it's okay if it, you know, like progress is better than perfection. And so just continue that over and over and over and just like treat people like people. Cause like everybody wants to be heard and acknowledged. So yes, you might have had five calls that day and you feel tired, but if it were the 
like if you were in the other person's shoes, like you, I wouldn't want to talk to somebody tired. You know what I mean? Like you, if, if you are in this to like truly change people's lives, then you need to be in it to truly change people's lives. And that's a a huge part of that too, is active listening. So it's like a mix. That was a big mix. (laughs) I love it. I couldn't agree more. I think um, two really important things I heard you say was one around the outreach with the hustle, right? A lot of people just want to, they think, oh, I'll just put out a couple of social media posts, blast something out. And then surely if I get the right deal, people will flock to me. And it doesn't work like that, right? You got to do, I know, right? You got to be consistent and you got to reach out and you got to not be shy. And you got to remember that impact piece that you're doing this for and know that the people who are meant to connect with you and invest with you, you'll find them, but you will only do so if you do the legwork of actually reaching out to them. So I love that LinkedIn strategy. I think that's a great tip. Um, And then the other piece about content, ah, content is king. You cannot successfully and consistently raise capital without good content. I love that you said that you're both teachers and teaching and creating content just go naturally hand in hand because it's all about teaching. It's all about taking, even if you're only one step ahead of your investors, that's one step that you can teach them. And so that's, I think that's another misconception is people think they have to be these experts. They have to know everything before they write any content or create any content. But the fact of the matter is it it's almost better if you're only one or two steps ahead of your investor because you remember where they're coming from and what they're thinking about. And you can create content that's relevant for them. No, absolutely. And I think a big thing too, because like I've, I'm starting to hear this more is like, oh, well, like networking is hard or creating content is hard because I'm introverted. And like, believe it or not, Michael and I, I mean, we're probably like omniverted because most people are anyways, but like, that's another skill. Like with practice, it gets so much easier, you know, like hearing yourself talk out loud is not something that we're doing all of the times. So, like you get better at it. And if you are like truly, truly an introvert, like the biggest thing is learning how to like recover and recharge and like making actually like intentional goals. You know, so many people like go into networking events thinking they're going to give away like 25 business cards. But if you give away two and those were really deep relationships, like that'll serve you much more than trying to pass out 25. And I heard this on a podcast and I loved it, but it was like a, like, we're all a Mr. Mrs. Potato head, right? Like in our little pack, (laughs) like we have a mustache or we have a hat or we have glasses or we have a bow tie. So just some days, like we can put on the hat or we can put it back and we can wear the mustache or the scarf and we can put it away if we want to. So like you are a different person every day, depending on your environment. So just remember that like Some days you can be the Mr. or Mrs. Potato Head who wears 
the boa. And then other days you can just wear like the black hat and that's totally fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I'm totally going to use that as a genius <laughs> um, metaphor and you're right. Right. And it's, uh, it's all about being able to flex um, and almost be a chameleon and just mm-hmm. show up in all the different parts of yourself. Cause that's what business is about is the full expression of yourself and bringing that to the table to help investors Um, to solve their problems and to pay it forward and to have that impact. Uh, Well, Susie and Michael, you have been so generous today in sharing so openly about your business and your advice and your insights. I'm sure that many of our listeners are going to want to follow up with you and pick your brains further um, and connect with you and maybe even establish um, partnerships with you. So tell them where they can go to learn more and to connect with you. Yeah, thanks, Andy. The easiest way for your listeners to get a hold of us is just by going to adventurousrei.com forward slash info. And that is just a landing page that has like all of our info. It's the easiest way. So you can find our podcast on there where we talk about return on impact and how, how real estate investors are leveraging real estate investing to make an impact on the world. You can find our YouTube channel, which has a lot of asset management videos, as well as starting getting started in multifamily videos as well. Um, and then you can also connect with Susie and I via LinkedIn and on Instagram or Facebook as well, all on that one page. And if you connect with us via LinkedIn, drop a little note in there and say, Hey, we heard you guys on Andy's podcast. We'd love to connect. And if you <laughs> see that, we'll definitely connect with you for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Susie and Michael. And to all of our listeners, Be sure to take them up on that offer. Follow up with Susie and Michael to learn more and connect with them. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com and please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.